We are about halfway through the earnings season, and I, my categorization is it's not as bad as feared. In fact, there have been some real pleasant surprises. By the same token, there have been some conspicuous losses, but mostly over in technology stocks. One man who watches these very closely and has a better sense than I do is Patrick J. O'Hare, the chief market analyst, senior vice president with briefing.com, and it's his stats that we quote to you every day. Pat O'Hare joins us now. It's good to have you with us. Hi, David. Nice to be back with you. Thank you. Well, so, so tell me what, I mean, I know what I was expecting, and I was all geared for companies that had, had needed to ratchet down earnings estimates, and there were going to be some bad misses. I, I'm really pleasantly surprised with what I've seen so far. How about you? Well, yeah, I think you could say that the, the cadence of the reporting season has gone about normal, uh, meaning that you get the you know majority of companies reporting results that are better than expected. Um, and that's due in part, frankly, though, to seeing uh, having seen estimates come down in front of those reports, right? So at least they got over the the low hurdle, if you will. And for a market that was deeply oversold going into this reporting period, uh, you've seen some nice reactions in those companies' stocks who've been able to, you know, hurdle those low expectations and also offer some reasonably good guidance. Um, and that's been uh, domiciled primarily in the cyclical slash blue chip names, right? As opposed to what you're alluding to in terms of these mega cap blowups we've seen of late here, uh, which is very atypical um, in terms of the, you know, the metas of the world and and Alphabet and Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, on the, on the positive side, you take a company like, well, Caterpillar is now based here in North Texas. I don't know that I've seen Caterpillar move on the upside like that after an earnings report. Ever, maybe. <laughs> maybe I, and maybe it was just because they were so beat up or the expectations were so low. Right. Well, in the case of Caterpillar, of course, you know, it's a, it's a deep cyclical company. Um, and and the market backdrop was ones where everyone's you know, kind of talking about this idea of recession and, and seeing things really slow down. And, um, you know, Caterpillar's commentary kind of, you know, you know, bucked that mentality in, in that, you know, they still seem strong demand, um, yeah. getting some pretty good price realization. And uh, and that was a welcome sign. You know, it was, if nothing else, it kind of got the market thinking that, hey, maybe we can avoid a hard landing and and get into this soft landing scenario that you know everybody would prefer. Boy, no kidding. I, you know, and the other thing that, that I'm seeing a lot is more pricing power than I thought we were going to see. I'm Southwest Airlines reporting their numbers, and they've, you know, they've, like all the other airlines, they've jacked up fares. And the fact is their load factors are still, you know, so high that they're probably leaving people on the ground a lot of times. Well, that's exactly right. And you can throw in a, a consumer staple like Coca-Cola. You know, it's another one that's shown uh, it's had really good pricing power, and it has not, they haven't seen a lot of resistance from uh, consumers yet. Um, and, and so that's, Again, it's a welcome sign at this point that just does lend itself to the thinking anyway that maybe maybe we can skate through this in a a, a softer minded way. Um, but uh, but that's you know it, 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 it's impressive. But at the same time, when you talk about pricing power, you're talking about inflation, and uh, and and you're seeing a lot of companies not just put through like 
they're not putting through low single digit type price increases. They're they're double digit percentage type price increases right. year over year. And and unfortunately, that's exactly what the Fed does not want to see, even though it, it bodes well in terms of the bottom line for uh, for these companies right now. You know, the other thing and you mentioned Coca-Cola, I'll, I'll add to it. McDonald's, big multinational companies with mm-hmm. most of the revenues coming offshore. And you'd think with a strong dollar that that foreign exchange would have hit them. And I think it has in every case, but it doesn't look like it was anything they couldn't handle. And that was another one of the whispers. Oh, boy, these multinationals are really going to get killed. You just wait and see. Right. Uh, that's a very good point. Uh, and, and I think there's an appreciation for uh, for these results being better despite the headwind of, of you know foreign currency and that strong dollar. And if if you know, the mindset that's crept into the market here the last week or so is that the Fed may be close to taking a a step down, if you will, with its rate hike approach, meaning, you know, not quite as aggressive. Well, if you can get some signs that you get a, a peak in the dollar because of that, well, then potentially it becomes a tailwind, you know, yeah. uh, three, four quarters from now. And I think that the market's also sniffing out that possibility as well and rewarding a lot of these multinational companies that are putting up some good numbers in spite of the, the strong dollar. You know, we, we were noting earlier in the week, uh, the surprise to me, a real surprise move for the Bank of Canada. They were expected to go like everybody else, like the Bank of uh, the, the Europeans did in jacking up interest rates maybe by 75 basis points, three-quarters of a percent. But they didn't. They only went up a half. And maybe that was that was seen as a as a positive sign about about what the Fed might do here. Well, I'd say it's a sign of the times, and then we're cheering only a 50 basis point rate increase. <laughs> so, you know, um, and, and that's what we're cheering right now in the U.S. market as well, or the idea that the Fed will raise rates by only 50 basis points in December after having risen, you know, raised rates 75 basis points in, you know, three prior <laughs> meetings. So, but, but you know, you're, the, the now, you, know is, you, you understand you're talking to a guy who used to have a 15 percent mortgage. OK, yeah, so it's all relative. <laughs> Right. It is all relative. And, and of course, it's important for the market's mindset, though, is that you have to, you know, the Fed has to actually stop raising rates before it can cut rates. And, you know, it'll be a good thing if we can get to that point where it's going to stop sooner rather than later. Uh, and then, uh, you know, hopefully we see things, you know, settle down and, and the market uh, can can start then sniffing out the potential for a rate cut later in 2023. Um, that's what it would like, ideally. Uh, yeah. It's kind of sniffing it out right now, but obviously there's a lot of proving ground between now and, say, the middle of next year to see if the Fed can actually start cutting rates by, uh, you know, the latter half of next year. Hey, Pat, what do you think about the tech wreck? I, I saw an article earlier in the week, um, and actually going into trading, I think on Thursday, that seven companies had lost $7 trillion in market value in one year. I mean, obviously, all the FANG stocks and Microsoft and Tesla mm-hmm. thrown, thrown into the mix. Facebook, Meta, uh, certainly chief among them. But that's, I mean, it's damaging to those companies. But how damaging is that to the rest of the market? Or does it just shift money back over to the, the blue chips the, the, that we were talking about earlier? Right. Well, it is astounding. Um, again, another sign of the times. Of course, you know, uh, late last year, you were seeing remnants of what we saw during the dot-com bubble, right? You know, a concentration of, you know, money in in a select group of high-flying stocks would have great stories. And you have really, I mean, they are really great stories, but, you know, valuation matters, you know, at some point. And it started to matter when the Fed started raising interest rates. And so this is a a, a I'd say a, a natural correction off of a kind of a convoluted inflated situation because 
money was free for as long as it was. And, uh, and a lot of those stocks just got overowned, overcrowded. And so the effect on the market is because so many index funds and mutual funds and, you know, individual investors own these names. It does hurt, you know, when those names pull back. Um, you know, long-term holders, though, probably still have a favorable cost basis and are probably still sitting on some nice gains, all things considered. And that's a good thing. But one of the healthy signs recently anyway, is that the market has held up despite the large pullbacks in the likes of Alphabet, Microsoft, Meta platforms, uh, Tesla's down huge from its highs. Um, and, you know, it's part of that bottoming process, right? When you see these generals, the ones that were, you know, the real leaders holding up as well as they had, but now they're starting to, to fall, um, it can give you a sense that you are getting closer to a bottom in the market when right. the best of the best are starting to see uh, some earnings difficulties that are going to lead to more dramatic earnings estimate revisions. Have you had a chance to look ahead at the, at the coming week yet? Because I think next week, the coming week, is the single biggest week for S&P 500 reporting, something like 153 or 156, something like that. What are you looking for there? Well, I'm trying to get through this week, to be honest <laughs> with you, but <laughs> this was a big week, too. I mean, we had about a third of the S&P 500 also reporting this this week. Um, and, you know, frankly, it's it's kind of a anticlimactic, you know, once you get past this week when you have these mega cap names right. reporting. Now, having said that, what we're seeing develop this week, though, is that rotation out of those names and into these other cyclical blue chip names. And you're going to start seeing more companies that are, you know, across these 11 economic sectors reporting, not quite as large in size, you know, representing all these different, you know, uh, sectors. And, you know, the market could find some solace in that, you know, in terms of those companies, hopefully following suit with what these big name companies, the Dow's, or I'm sorry, the Caterpillars, the Honeywell's and the like, how they perform this week. But, you know, I have to caveat that, that, of course, because next week, you've got the Fed, Right. November 2nd yep. with their decision. And um, and I guess that that's that's pretty well telegraphed. It's not going to be a surprise if they come out with a 75 basis point rate increase. What will be a surprise at this point will be an, and it'll be a negative surprise is if they do not convey a sense that they're leaning toward a less aggressive approach coming into the December. Yeah, meeting. the all important uh, media conference afterwards. Uh, well, and, and again, you make a good point. At least the money is coming out of one sector, but it's staying in the market, not going off to disappear in the bond market. Pat O'Hare's chief market analyst, senior vice president for briefing.com. We always uh, appreciate the the insight. Thanks a lot for the time. Sure, David. Pleasure being with you. Thank Thanks you. For uh, more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.